All right, what's up dudes and dudettes? Drew here, that anxiety guy again. Dot com website. <laughs> Joined again with my buddy Joe Ryan sitting across the table from me. Hey, Drew. What up, dude? Um, I'm not going to lie. We just recorded one like a half hour ago. Right. So it's not like this is a new day or anything like that, but that's all right. Still wearing the same clothes. And still wearing the same clothes. Uh, and also joined by whoever happens to be watching us on Instagram. So we're streaming this live on Instagram. So it's at that underscore anxiety underscore guy. Um, is my Instagram account. We're streaming while we record, so it's a little experiment. People will watch us record as we go. Anyway, so the last time that Joe and I talked, we talked about um, how trauma and pain and anxiety don't have to ruin every day, right? Right, and how you've learned that and how you make that work. So today, or now, we're going to talk about um, how competence and competency have played a role in how you've learned to deal with anxiety and panic and yeah. past trauma and that sort of stuff. And it's, we've talked about this, right? We have, we have. It's a tough topic. Yeah, it's, it's a big deal. I know. So, um, I guess we'll get into it. <clears throat> One of the things that I run to, into all the time with the people who are listening to the podcast or in the Facebook group. And if you're not in the Facebook group, there'll be a link on, on the page to join. Um, is this feeling that they are they want to get better they want to recover they want to do the work they want to do all those things but they're almost afraid they're afraid of a lot of things they're afraid that like are they even allowed to make these decisions because they've been conditioned to say you're not allowed to decide what to do right and more than anything else there's the constant worry of am i doing this right am i doing this right am i doing this right because they're just concerned that they're they're going to mess it up. And not only are they going to mess it up and do it wrong and hinder their own recovery, but they're going to ruin things for the people around them. Right. And I know you had a lot to say about yeah. this when we have these conversations. It's a whole perfectionist thing. So, yeah. you know, I can't leave the house unless I'm going to do everything perfect. So, therefore, right. I don't leave the house, you know. And it's just, it's the judgment. And you take on responsibility for others. You watch what you say, you watch what you do, uh, your path in life. It's almost like you're kind of trying to figure out what's going to please everybody. Mm -hmm. And as you're doing that, you accomplish absolutely nothing. Right. Because you're just worried about ruining everybody else's day. I'm going to talk, let's talk about that a little bit. Because okay. I've heard this a lot. People that want to go into situations where they, they want to go to the family function, they want to go to dinner, they want to go to the movie with their husband or wife. They're afraid that, like, well, if I do it wrong and I start to have anxiety or panic, I'm going to ruin everything for everybody. Like, they're in, they're somehow thinking they're responsible for ruining everybody's day. Right. You take on, I, I, I say it all the time, you take on a role. You know, I took on a role when I grew up that I had to be the nice guy, people pleaser, you know, couldn't upset anybody or anything. So before you have an event with family or friends or anything, it's almost like you have to armor up and gear up and get yourself emotionally ready to kind of just be on guard not to not be perfect in a sense so if you're not feeling good you're a little off emotionally you're not right you're not going to want to do it you right. have to feel perfect and strong but and confident but your confidence is false it's like a false confidence you have no confidence because if you did you wouldn't have to create this false self to leave the house that, that does make sense and i hear it all the time people that this lack of confidence or self-doubt or there's either just inherent self-doubt mm -hmm. because they've been told for a very long time you're never going to be able to do this right you know or there's the other thing that says i might ruin everybody's day or ruin the event but that underlying self-doubt like i'm going to do this wrong there's no way i'm going to get this this is a hard thing i have to do so there's no chance that i can get this it's it's either you do it perfect or you don't do it 
there's no in between. So it's 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 extremes, and somehow we take on responsibility of other people's needs and feelings, whether it's real or not. We internalize that, and it it's it's not like a selfish, self-centered thing. It's a it's a fear of. I guess shame, being exposed for not being perfect because like you can't handle that judgment okay. against you. Right, right. You know, shame is such a tough thing. It's kind of like the silent killer. You know, it keeps you isolated and it keeps you alone and it keeps you, it keeps you from living because it's not. I always felt like I didn't make mistakes. I just felt like I was a mistake. So I went through my entire life. Covering the fact that I felt like a mistake. Right. So I put on this false self to cover the shame of not feeling good enough. Which is, I, I can't imagine. But Exhausting. Like, yeah, to go through life <laughs> having that feeling like I'm just automatically going to screw this up. I'm not automatically not good enough. I've screwed it up before I left the house. Yeah. So to leave the house, you really have to get yourself in this mental state. Because you, you, I couldn't handle being anything less than perfect. Right. Now, I know that there were some issues that sort of led to that, being conditioned to feel like, you know, if you mess up, there's going to be consequences here. Right. Right. And, we, you know, we don't have to go down that road, which is okay. But I'm sure people could, you know, relate that are possibly listening. Or watching on Instagram. I hope it's still working. <laughs> yeah, I have I no know. idea if it's still working. We well, can't look at the phone and do this. But anyway... Um, so just living with that on a day-to-day basis when you have to go to school or work or be a parent or go to family functions or social events must be hard enough. It, it uses a lot of energy. It takes a lot of energy to go out in public when you're trying to hide and cover who you are. So, you know, I, I always say I'm like spontaneously agoraphobic, you know, like I, I'm like, I just want to stay in and recharge my energy. And then when I feel confident and good, I want to pop out and I need it everybody to be available when I'm ready because now I'm ready to have a good time and I'll deplete my energy quick and then I gotta go back and hide. Okay, I get it, I get it. So when you start to kind of peel away all of that mask and you start to be who you are and get more confident with yourself, when you go out, you don't worry about being perfect as much and you use a lot less energy so you don't really need to go and recharge but the anxiety and the panic of being exposed publicly is a lot to handle. And it's exhausting. Yeah, it must be. Yeah. So, I mean, if you got to live with that sort of stuff just on a daily basis and just living life, um, I can't imagine, to relate it back to, you know, the people that I deal with all the time, now you have to intentionally do something that you already know is really hard. Right. That you have to learn a new skill, the skill of just floating through those feelings and not letting them grip you and all those things. It seems so daunting to them, I think. Like, now, this is a thing I know is hard to do. How the hell am I going to possibly do this thing? And I think it compounds if you don't feel good about who you are and you're a perfectionist because of that. When you have the anxiety and the feelings to kind of have to admit that you aren't perfect to yourself. To have to sit with the feelings. Like, you're watching people who go out in the world and function perfectly. Or at least it seems to be from your perspective. And you're the guy that's like... Now I got to go home at nine thirty because the panic attack is setting into ten fifteen. You uh, know, and then that may, that just compounds those feelings of feeling worse. It's like this endless spiral. You know, what happened to me wasn't my fault. The way my life worked out, it just you know, it just happened. Yeah. My anxiety is not 
you know, I, I'm not creating it. You know, my, your body does. So, but it's not you. I think I just need to detach myself from the anxiety as being a part of who I am. Okay. Do you know what I mean? Like, I, it's not my identity. Right. It's just, you know, if you you break your leg, you're walking with a crutch. It's just that that's what you have to do. You have anxiety. You have to just do certain things right. that other people may not have to do to feel better and get through the day. That which makes all kinds of sense. So how do you get past that voice? Like you, so it's amazing to me. And, and the reason why we're talking to Joe about this is you've spent, if you didn't listen to the first episode with Joe, like you've spent years and years and years dealing with these things. Forever. And, and working with them, you know, through them yourself. So how do you deal with that? I mean, the, that perfectionism thing that says, well, if you didn't do it right, there were consequences, so now I must be perfect. Right. And, and I've heard people say that, but then when I see, like I'm anxious, I'm having a panic attack, I'm obviously not perfect. Right. So there's so many voices screaming uh, in your head, I'm guessing. It's like, shut up. Right, I'm not perfect, <laughs> I'm gonna screw it up, I'm not good enough, I'm not, you know, all those things. A lot of it comes down to forgiving yourself. I'm, I've always been very hard on myself when I couldn't do things right, you know, just had these negative voices in my head, you're stupid, you're not smart, you're worthless. It, forgiving yourself of yourself for making mistakes and, uh, you know, I keep saying coming out of hiding, coming out of your shame, being vulnerable with somebody else, making a mistake and people will be like, no, it's all right, no big deal, but you don't believe it. You're like, they're lying to me, it's not okay, they hate me because I screwed up. Yeah. You, you're kind of in a in a trance or in your own little world and thoughts in your head and you're not really present to what is being presented to you because you're looking through the eyes of the past right. of your past experiences when somebody tells you in the present listen it's okay you made the mistake <laughs> in your head you're like no it's not I know it's not okay right right and it's hard to get over that and I think just going back and just ex feeling those those negative feelings and those negative thoughts and being compassionate and understanding of yourself it is so helpful. I just, I can't stress enough. Forgiving of yourself has been a major part of it where I make mistakes now and I don't beat myself up for hours, days, weeks, months, years. Yeah. It's like, all right, listen, that just, that happened. You need to emotionally let that go because if not, I've held on to every mistake in my life. I'm 3,000 pounds emotionally. Yeah. Letting go and forgiving myself and getting rid of that negative emotion has freed me up to start looking forward instead mm -hmm. of living in the past and accepting the anxiety and the panic and all the bad feelings in the present and finding a way to deal with them better. So I'm guessing that, and again, from the last episode, if you didn't listen, there's the tremendous amount of progress in the last 12 months. It's unbelievable. Yeah, it's tremendous. It's it a, it's completely like you're a totally different person now. It's, it's really astounding. And I think, how has that do you feel more competent and confident? You look like you feel more competent and confident now. I, I do. I do. A lot of it has been, you know, just uh, putting my writings out there and my feelings for other people to see. It's very hard to... I basically had to expose myself for who I was. But to who? Expose them to you or well, first expose the, yourself to yourself? I or? used to expose just to myself. I got a stack of notebooks of journals like this high at home right, that right. nobody's ever seen. And I, I never go back and read them. But it got to the point where I was able to expose myself to myself and then expose myself to another human being. And now through social media, it's kind of like I mass <laughs> expose yeah. myself. And every time I hit that button to hit post, 
you know, sometimes it takes me a half an hour to push it because it's such it's so revealing. And then right. as I've done it, now it's just kind of like, all right, click, let's move on. I wonder if that's similar. Like we've seen, you're you're in the Joe's in the Facebook group also. Yes. And like you see the the proliferation of video now. Everybody's posting video, which I think is awesome. And to see the number of people who post video because they want to share, but will say, this is so hard for me to do. I mean, some people are just shy and don't want to be on camera. I get that. But there's that feeling of like showing you me doing, you know, I, the fact that you guys are going to see me do this seems to be so, such a weight for so many people. I think the way we judge ourselves yeah. is more critical than anybody else will ever judge us. So for me, it's like the whole world is going to judge me the way I used to judge myself. Right. Therefore, I can't handle my own judgment. <laughs> So why would I put it out there okay. and now have 7,000 people judging me yeah. just like I am? But yeah. what I ended up realizing was nobody's judging me the way I am except me. Nobody even cares enough like to judge me that harshly. Yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? People are just like, oh yeah, that was cute. Boom, boom, flip, flip. Like It's, it's not like they're analyzing every right. word, every sentence. Right. You know? I think we talked about that even when I did my episode with Monique about you're not responsible for the happiness of everybody, right. which this sort of dovetails into that. You know, I kind of said that. There have been people that I've said, well, what makes you think that you're that important that you can ruin, or like that people are going to spend so much time looking at that thing that you posted and said, oh, this is horrible. I think if if you lived in an environment where you were under a microscope and you were made to be responsible for other people's emotional well-being and happiness, like don't poke the bear, so you figured out how to become invisible, Yep. you take that on, that you have that much power that the way you were angered these giants that were in your house right that you internalize it that you it made you feel like you had that much power even though it's a complete weakness for living life sure but that's how i think we interpret it that we have this power over we're responsible for other people's happiness and needs because that's what we kind of grew up with right and we just carry forever and to break that yeah. My therapist gave me a thing and she said, I want you to read this every morning. You are not responsible for anybody else's needs ever. Right. And it's on my table. I get coffee in the morning. It's the first thing I see. And I've been looking at it for, you know, nine months yeah. now. And it's, yeah. it's starting to sink in. In fact, I think I want to get a rope and string and just hang <laughs> it around. <laughs> or like a harmonica thing. So it's always in your face. Right. Like harmonica goes in front of you. So it's always. <laughs> well, I always felt like I should come with a warning label. So. <laughs> Not responsible for your feelings, bitches. <laughs> right. right take care of your own crazy. Yeah. I'll take care of mine. That which makes perfect sense. So I think you know to bring some of that back. It's you know, so you've you've taken so many steps to go directly into the things that you fear and learn how to have those bad feelings without them dragging you around all day long. And have you had to see what you just talked about, where your therapist makes you makes you read that every morning in a, when you're not under pressure. So you've had to do a lot of work when you're not under pressure so that when you are, like the reason why the Jets practice every week is right. so they know what to do during the game. Even though they don't remember. Even though they don't remember, <laughs> right? Um, you know, does, has that been a thing? I mean, the work that you've done when you're not in a panic, has it made a difference when the panic comes or the anxiety comes? Yeah, I was always preparing. Everything was preparation. What if this happens? Like I would go through this list in my head of any possible uh, scenario that can cause panic, anxiety. Just I just needed to be prepared. Okay. Like I didn't know how to protect myself instinctively because just of where I came from in that victim role. Right. So I used to do it. I used to prepare. Now you kind of go out, and I've noticed that situations have come up. Okay. 
and my body just handles it as it should. Sometimes not well, sometimes I'll get the panic, but I, I deal with it. And other times situations that would have put me into a panic where I would have to retreat yep. within myself, yep. I'm able to kind of stand my ground and just be, this is who I am, this is how I feel, and I'm able to do it without having to think about it. Okay. So it's just, it's practice, it's repetition. Yeah, just like anything else we talk about. Yep. You know, if you're gonna learn to get past panic and anxiety, you gotta keep doing these things over and over. And right. you found the same thing even with dealing with some old pain and trauma. You just have to keep working it again, 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 again. I keep going back to certain events in my life that I go back either on my own. Like my therapist is like, we're done with that one. Yeah. You cannot go back there in this office ever again. And I'm like, but now I'm comfortable there. Can we yeah. just keep going to the same one? And she's like, nope, on to the next. She goes, you want to do that, go do it at home. And sometimes, you know, I feel like I need to go and just kind of meditate and get me to that place and, and feel those feelings because I I buried them and I pushed them away and I never wanted to access them so if I can get to them within myself and feel it it doesn't have the power I desensitize okay. from it that makes sense and it's the same with the anxiety like you just kind of allow it and the more you allow it the more you pay attention in as an observer instead yeah. of being in the conversation mm -hmm. with the anxiety you're just kind of watching the conversation from behind and okay. it's doing its own thing and right. you're over here going all right let me know when you're done and then i can get back to making dinner yeah yeah it's all good <laughs> and then when you get into those situations be it bad feelings that come up i mean do you so i guess the question i want to ask is when the bad feelings come up the bad memories the bad thoughts if they lead to anxiety they lead to panic do you feel more capable and confident to handle them now Absolutely. are the voices less you're gonna screw this up you're gonna mess this up you can't do this you better be perfect don't don't get it wrong are they lower now they they are lower and sometimes i can't really hear them okay as much as i used to sometimes they're higher and when they're higher it's kind of it's kind of like okay i know what this is yeah you know it's just it's an anxiety feeling you you i don't have to stop what i'm doing right and figure it out at that moment I just realized that there's anxiety. It's coming from somewhere. If I have the time, I'll sit and try to Great. process it that way. If I don't, I'll just keep walking. I'll keep working. I'll keep doing whatever. I'll keep talking and I'll just kind of let it happen. Yeah. yeah. And it passes and you can always go back later and work on maybe whatever you thought it was. <laughs> right. Yeah, I get it. So let's, let's back up a second. So you have to, you know, go back and do this and this thing. I, I, how do I ask this question correctly? So the the therapist says, okay, we're done with that yeah. now. You're not <laughs> going to do this in this office anymore. But when we're talking about feelings of competence and competency, lack of confidence that maybe comes from past conditioning, is it because, like you said, but I'm good at that now. Right. And I think what people do sometimes that listen to the podcast or watch the videos, they build an acceptable zone. Right. Like, okay, I'm, I'm, I, it's hard for me to get out of my house. I'm panicking at work. I'm panicking, blah, 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 doing these things. And they find ways to wiggle around it, sort of get around it, push it to the side, and they build the acceptable zone. And well, this is where I'm, but I'm good at this. Right. I can do this. And then when you ask them to like, yeah, but you really want to be able to go on vacation. So don't you want to try that? Oh, I don't want to do, you know, some of it is it's scary to push outside. And some of it I think is, yeah, but I found a, I found a place where I'm good at stuff. Don't make me go beyond that. Right. Yeah. Does so that ring in a bell for you? Completely. But my world kept getting smaller where it was like, you know, I went to six places and that was it. Yeah. Because I was comfortable and confident there. What I ended up doing was I stopped doing a lot of the things that I was comfortable and felt good about and safe with. And I started just venturing out 
and trying new things mm -hmm. and going to new places. Right. So I kind of stripped away the old comforts. Right. And I went to places that were uncomfortable. And what I found was if I had five things that or places that made me feel okay and that was my comfort zone, mm -hmm. I kept going to another one. Very uncomfortable, very uncomfortable, very uncomfortable. Oh, it's not so uncomfortable. Okay. Now I had six things. Right. I had seven and eight and nine and ten. And I just kept going out and trying stuff. Some of the stuff I just didn't like. Yeah. Which, which is, is fine. Which is fine. Yeah. The stuff I did like that I found difficult to do. Right. I just kept going. And I kept going. And I kept going. So that's it. So now I get comfortable with these seven things. Now there's an eighth. And now there's a ninth. And the first six, seven, eight, that's my foundation. Yeah. I don't want to limit my life anymore mm -hmm. so I'm constantly looking to move out and branch out to other things right. and I just feel now that like I'm really starting to live for the first time and I can't wait to get out there and see the world so let's bring it back to again feeling not confident or not self-assured or you've always been told that you're not good enough can't do it you were, were you able to, you're not really able to talk yourself out of that you had to do these things you, like going out there into the discomfort and like oh I'm in the city by myself and I'm okay that's what did it or no? Yeah, so uh, I think it was John Bradshaw said, you can't think your way into a right way of feeling. You have to act your way into a right way of being. Oh, that's pretty brilliant. I think I got it right. Yeah, that sounds right. I was the guy that read books, listens to tape, wrote, figure out how to plan. Never worked out. Yeah. Never got me anywhere. The only way that I was able to to get to where I'm at is to walk through the fear, walk through the pain, walk through the panic, all that uncomfortableness. I just, you know, what, what if somebody needs me? What if something happens? What if I'm doing something for myself yeah. and something goes haywire and people need me and I'm on my own? Yeah. Well, then all of a sudden I'm selfish and then, the, then all the negative thoughts and the shame spiral comes and then like I'm never going out again. Yeah. I just had to keep talking myself through it. Every time I did something new, I kept repeating it, and I would just talk myself through it. It's okay. You have the right to do this. You deserve to do to do this. This yeah. is something that you enjoy. And then after a while, you start those positive thoughts. Yeah. It just beats the crap out of those negative ones where they start going away. And but, they, yeah. But the positive thoughts were accompanied by doing things. You had to do it. Yeah. I couldn't sit and think my way through it. Right. Couldn't I had to write act. your way out of it. Couldn't think your way out of it. Couldn't therapy your way out of it. Couldn't nope. any of those things. You had to do it. You just have to do it. Start right. out as small as possible. And that will become your comfort zone, like you were saying. Sure, sure. Don't stop there. Uh, you yeah. deserve to experience it all. Do right. not limit it to like just three things that you feel safe with. That's a good place to start. Sure. But just keep adding. And that's the thing. And I think whether you are, and it all rolls in together. So if you're trying to, if you're listening and you're trying to overcome agoraphobia or panic disorder and you're afraid to drive to the supermarket, you have to do it to learn to be unafraid. And if it's compounded by the voices in your head because for whatever reason you were told through your whole life that you're not good enough to do good things or you're not competent, do them anyway and you will prove to yourself through action that, oh, they were wrong. I can do these things. I can do these things. It's time to parent yourself. Oh, uh, all right. There you go. You're probably <laughs> resonating with so many people in a way that I, I'm unable to in many uh, cases because I'm... of my lack of experience with that. But yeah, that's probably a big deal. It, it is. And... It's up to you now. It, whatever happened before today, I can't let it limit my life. I just have to take today and do what I want to do and fight through that. It gets easier. I, the easiest analogy is when you go to the gym for the first time in 20 years, you're lifting the bar. 
Right. And that's way more than you can even handle. Go to the gym every day and you'll be doing 75 pounds in two months. Right. Whatever. Well, it took me a lot longer to get 75 pounds. But. <laughs> <laughs> Easy enough, I But you just keep doing it and it becomes easier and to the point where you're not even going to think about it. Yeah, that makes sense. So maybe we should wrap it up. We're at almost 25 minutes. We'll wrap this up. Maybe what we'll do is wrap this up and then see if anybody has any comments. And yeah. We'll take yeah, questions. Yeah, that'd be cool. All right. Well, so, excellent. So if you're watching, still watching on Instagram, we're going to wrap up the there podcast. There might be nobody there. There might be nobody there. This is the most embarrassing Instagram live ever. It's, it's one person watching. Right. And exactly. it's my mother. But So before we wrap up the podcast, and of course, so you're listening to us down the road, we're not live on Instagram right now. It's going to be over. Right. But where, where can people find you if they want to hook up with you? Because you have a great, great, great Instagram account. Thank you. Uh, Instagram is at Joe Ryan, and my website is JoeRyan.com. That's Very pretty good. much all my social media. Very good. And on the, the website, on my page on my website, where this episode uh, exists I will link you there too so you can find Joe that way as well Perfect. if you have questions there's, there will be a link to get into the Facebook group Joe's in the group that's probably yeah. the way to do this so either reach yeah. out to Joe directly and DM him on Instagram and have at it or oh, yeah. join the group and ask questions and I'm sure he'll be happy to answer so. absolutely alright another good one this was yeah, cool this was great alright so if you're on Instagram <laughs> chill and we'll get back and I'll jump around and look at the comments and we'll see if we answer, answer questions for the rest of you that are just listening to the podcast, thank you very much. Appreciate it. And um, yeah, see you on the next one. Thank you. All right, later. Let me go.